I like to go to really bad movies like in their sixth week and there's only one other person in the theater and I like to sit right next to them. <laughs> and they're like, excuse me. And I'm like, shh, I can't hear Keanu. And I haven't really had an answer. Now, yeah, I'm thinking on all right, that's right, guys. He's back. We're back. We're Matt and Bob. We're here to pod about John Wick. I am, of course, Matt Hayes, and joining me and the horse he rode in on, Bob Panalone. Hey! Matt Hayes. What's up, you piece of shit? Not much, man. Just enjoying this post-rain L.A. weather. Hi. It's like uh, it's like, it's like like seeing the city in 4K. Um, it's beautiful. Thank it you for really sharing. Is- there's yeah, anything I love, it's it people talking about how much they like L.A. <laughs> um, I don't really like L.A. I just like the state of California after the rain. Then you can get to look see at everything. a nice little rainbow. Yeah, yeah. You get to see, like, the, the hills without all the smog. You and Cameron went on a nice hike stroll and sang City Stars <laughs> to each other. Uh, no, he sat around playing with his dog and getting fluff all over our... But, um, that's a great transition because that's what John Wick did right before he was murdered, or right before the dog yeah. was murdered. So, yeah, so this could be a John Wick heavy pod. Uh, John Wick three was recently released this Memorial Day weekend. Uh, me and Bob got a chance to see it, uh, but Bob had not seen one and two, so we kind of did a little marathon there. I take us through. So you watched you watched them in order. Yeah, I I really I, I I'm not normally a binger, but. For the sake of this podcast and and for you, I've been binging a lot, and so <laughs> uh, almost impromptu. You you were in Mexico, so I hope you had a really nice trip, non motherfucking yeah. Lee's uh, bachelor party. You got to do the Roma tour, and yep, the Roma uh, tour was it everything that you believed it was going to be? The facade of the house that had all the dog shit in the driveway was about as cool as you could imagine a location scout to be. Was there dog shit when you went there? Uh, it was a clouded kind of cover, um, one of the, that clouded glass that you see in a lot of showers. Um, okay. So I couldn't really, I couldn't really see it. Wouldn't in, it be I great really if fans shit. of the movie brought plastic pieces of dog <laughs> shit and laid them all around the, the set? <laughs> or just like lobbed dog feces over the fence into like this poor person's driveway <laughs> this person's actual house their actual mansion <laughs> fans these movie nerds throwing shit all yeah. over their yard oh that'd be great anyway so but we were texting uh when you were on your way home and it was like what are we gonna podcast about and you're like well i'm gonna probably go check out john wick three and I was like, fuck, man, everyone seems to be watching this. And I was like, yeah, I can, I can play along. I, it's Memorial Day weekend. Uh, Caitlin's also on a bachelorette party. So I had the dog all week and a lot of free time. So I just basically each day, uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, took down a different oh. movie. And I've just been living in testosterone, yeah, high-fuel-injected uh, you know, fight yeah. mode for the entire Memorial Day weekend. So I feel and, like I want to put my foot through this microphone right now. Yeah, I know. Well, uh, luckily, Theon Greyjoy didn't come and uh, kill uh, little Leo. Yeah, that's true. Thank God. <laughs> there is a lot of dog murder in these movies. Yeah. Or attempted yeah. dog murders. Well, there's definitely the one. Uh, which kind of sparks the entire franchise. Yeah. And then you've got uh, dogs kicking ass. It's all about revenge. I was on the edge of my seat. You know, me and my friend Kim, we had to get a beer afterwards. But Yeah, definitely uh... go get a beer with Kim. <laughs> She's going to be fired up. <laughs> yeah, so the the plots are really simple. And, and Oh, yeah, there's almost no plot. Actually, having watched one um, after seeing three, it's like, oh, this kind of had the most setup, the most plot, less action. Um, well, three two... is pretty much just nonstop. He's sprinting oh, non-stop. in the beginning of it, and he runs right into a battle. And yeah. three uh... is definitely the most ambitious in terms of set pieces. I think he travels to nine different parts of the world during that movie. There's yeah. there's a lot it's the happening. Most creative. It's the most creative in terms of like the choreography. So how do you want to start this? Do you want to start by a review of three or just do the franchise yeah. as a whole? Well, let's just, yeah, let's just talk about the franchise as a whole, start broad, and then we'll get specific into three once yeah. we've kind of exhausted that conversation. So for me, the appeal of these movies, and, and like you had already said, they 
the the stories are there to basically set up different fight set pieces and the director uh-huh. of this movie is pretty much a longtime Hollywood fight choreographer and I just have yeah. his IMDB up right now and he's just hundreds of movies he he does about 5 or 6 movies per year but he's been doing fight choreography for a long time and I even listened to an interview with him uh recently yeah, same. And, you know, he talked about how how challenging it was to get this story off the ground, where it's mm-hmm. guy, dogs murdered, has to go and fight 400 Russians, and no one really wanted to make that movie. And Keanu Reeves had come out of 47 Ronin, and it seemed that audiences were kind of tired of the Keanu Reeves kung fu kill 100 people shtick. So yeah. it was, they, you know, they, they really had to take some chances with this, but uh, he really seems to be a master in the fight choreography. And that's the appeal of these movies is the incredible visuals when it comes to the fighting. And then also just these weird little rules that come along with the Assassin's Creed. So every movie yeah. you get like two or three more incredible out of this world uh, type rules that are, are kind of fun to learn. So I, I, you know, it's, it's definitely turn your brain off kind of yeah, material, but I appreciated it. What do you think? Well, I mean, I was drawn to this franchise from the first trailer I ever saw of John Wick, where it's like Keanu Reeves was super not hot right now. Uh, yeah. And you see, Keanu you see, Reeves it's, is not hot right now. It's kind of like almost what, um, oh my gosh, like, like, um, Liam Neeson is doing right now where uh, he, he had taken and then he's just doing like taken a thousand times over. Yeah. But it's old it's man like, fights lots of people. Old man fights lots of people and is like, gruff and badass. But it's like Keanu Reeves was, was almost a joke at this time. He was it was a long since removed from the uh, Matrix and uh, he hadn't he hadn't been on a lot of minds. And then this comes out where this ridiculous trailer where it's like, yeah. I'm thinking I'm back. I'm and, thinking I'm going for it. Yeah. And and you're just like, all right, uh, what the fuck is this? It's like, it's like a cartoony uh, comic book version of Taken. And but I, you know, I went to watch it and it was like super fun and it's very comic booky. It doesn't take itself seriously. It's not based on a comic book, which amazed me. It's just no, like, it's it's I, it's its own thing, and it's yeah, it, it is it is self aware, but it doesn't go the full. Do you remember that movie Shoot 'Em Up with Clive Owen? Uh, yes. And that was a that was a complete satire commentary on gun violence movies. Yeah, that, you know that that had a lot of shtick to it. This has some of that it has a, a taste of it but the action scenes take themselves way more seriously than a, like a satire movie. oh they, they are so professional i mean like okay so the director chad uh Stelisky, yeah I, I don't know how to say that right but so this guy was keanu's stunt double and eventually fight coordinator for matrix uh and the the subsequent matrix uh franchise which revolutionized uh, movie fight scenes. I mean, that was groundbreaking. This guy was just like a dude that really got into martial arts and kind of trained in every you know sort of practice of martial arts. Yeah, but just, he's like, done loved... like X Men, X Men Wolverine, oh, yeah, D for Vendetta, Triple X, Van Helsing, Spider Man's. Like he's done everything when it yeah, comes but... to. So in the interview I listened to, which was uh, the big picture with Sean Fennessy on the Jeff Simmons network, um, he was talking about how he kind of like he kind of cut his teeth in the Wachowski school of film, and they were like super demanding dudes, and like the Matrix movies were really hard to make, um, and so that's how he kind of got his break, and that's how he obviously met Keanu and. Um, you know what? Yeah, but those were, yeah, it was like the six to seven month rehearsal periods, which yeah. were which were really intense for the actors. And then, so uh, these movies are just you know they're um, they're these love letters from stunt coordinators uh, who kind of get to call their own shots. And and the first one was kind of like it, the trailer was silly, and it was like this origin story of like a, a brand new modern day comic book hero, uh, anti hero. I mean, I guess it was pitched as like, what if the worst guys in the world, like this murderer, sought redemption? Um, and I don't really see it as that because like Keanu was super likable, but then every, like and then two and now three, just like they they managed to keep ratcheting it up, and it's they're so fun. 
I yeah. don't know. I, I think they're a blast. It's going to get more and more insane. And with these action movies, and it's you know, it it, it it's not a, a a completely new thing where I anticipate nine or ten of these. You know, like Expendables or Fast this, this Twelve. Is, this like is yeah, this, this is, is going to go Fast on for a while. Yeah, I mean, as long as Keanu is able to kind of do the training, I guess. I mean, it must be so much work, yeah, so exhausting. Fifties. Oh yeah, I mean, it looks great. Um, I think so, also they they keep him in his wheelhouse. You know, it's yeah. I think best Keanu is almost Kung robot Kuka. person. Not a lot of. Yeah. Not a lot to do. Sometimes you you have a funny action line in there, but in in you know, obviously he he has shown skill with the martial arts piece. I don't know how long he's been doing martial arts in his life, whether he started with the Matrix, but it's now a skill set that he's acquired or has he always For done sure. this? But And stunt driving and horseback riding and Yeah. Like did he and, like back in the Bill and Ted days, did he always have kind of this kung fu background or is this something he I, I have up? to assume no. Although, why would he? Because he got the Matrix over like Will Smith, right? Will Smith uh-huh. turned it down. They, I think, they probably went to someone else, and then they finally went to Keanu. And I, I don't know what he was coming off of to have the kind of notoriety to do it. But then I get, I think he just like went full bore and just like totally learned everything. And I, I don't think going in, he had much of an experience. But like the these John Wick movies, I mean, they've created a new kind of like gung fu, where it's like these this gun-toting kung fu master um, as opposed to just the Matrix where it's like, I know kung fu. Yeah. <laughs> but they And it really sets up, the, the, the plots again set up these incredible action set pieces and and you just kind of get hype when it's there's a little bit of dialogue but then basically it pans out and there's a, two SWAT cars full of people that are <laughs> just about to get annihilated. Yeah. So, well, well, and the body I counts mean, well, rise every movie. Yeah, ab- absolutely. It almost tripled each each one. It's like uh, there was ten people killed in this movie. Now it's gonna be thirty. Now ninety. Um, I mean, I I, I want to ask you your favorite in a minute, but first of all, um, the having rewatched the first after watching the third last uh, the other night, I actually was it was refreshing to see how much time was taken, especially in the beginning. And like there was more dialogue, there's more kind of like world building and scene setting. There's more quiet moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, two and three, I mean, I haven't seen two since it came out, but I just watched the recap. Two, uh, he gets I, that he's got that blood oath that he has to fulfill, and so he's got mm-hmm. a that guy is on the run for the whole time because they he's put the hit out on John Wick. It was like a seven million dollar yeah. hit, and he's got to go to the catacombs in Rome at some rave party and murder everybody. That's right. And so that's kind of unrelated to how one ends. Where he kind of like like one ends with like all the loose ends kind of tied up, um, and I I think they probably set up to make one film, and then it was such a success that then they kind of had to build in like uh, how do we get this guy back in? Oh, there's like this long-standing debt. The reason he was able to retire is because he promised this guy a favor, so that the guy that guy came back, D'Antonio or whatever his name was. D'Antonio, uh, yeah, the Michigan State he, football coach came back, yeah. <laughs> calling his favors. The um, so these movies are all like 89, 86 to 89% Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is totally fair and almost the sweet spot for like a fun B-movie that's good. Um, you know, that, that high B-plus range we're doing percentage. But what um, uh, seeing them all back-to-back, you must have been exhausted by three, but did you have a favorite? Did I have a favorite of the of the three movies? Yeah. I there was so much happening with with number 3 uh like again like it's it's more contained in the first two in terms of locales and characters then it's just yeah. it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger swings and they're they're adding more celebrities into these as mm-hmm. we go along um yeah. I would say just I would say number one is my favorite so far, then number three, and then number two is... Well, yeah, I I think I agree with that. Like, one is probably the best standalone because of everything that they have to kind of set up. And then three is the more fun version of two, and they're, they're very similar uh, in that they kind of revolve around the Continental much more. Yeah. Uh, um, but three, I mean, like... Three is the best action, so yeah, it's hard to argue he, against it. You start off with killing the guy with a book. Yeah, uh, Boban. That in... guy used to play for the Pistons. 
The, oh, did he? Yeah. Is he currently on like the Timberwolves or something? Yeah, he was. He was with the Pistons for a couple seasons. That's funny. Everybody drank Detroit reference. Yeah. Um, and then you got like the knife throwing scene. I loved. That was one of my favorite. When he's trying to reload that gun, that antique gun. Yeah. And he stabs that dude in the eye, and there's all that insane knife fighting. I think that's one of oh, my favorite God. moments. The the best moments with the dogs. That, like, the, dual that, dog that is, that is the most insane. The, how they were able to choreograph those moments That's what is I kept thinking. It's like, how did they... And it, it, it seems like a long shot. I know it's not, but it's the, the, no. the, the way they, they, they shot it was, was really impressive. Well, the trouble with... Because I... I, I, I'm going to paraphrase from the interview I listened to on this podcast, but, like, the trouble they had was, um, well, can, these dogs are just, they think they're playing. I want them to not think they're playing. I want, But if you train a dog to actually attack, then once the shoot is over, you won't be, you're not allowed to give it up for adoption, and you have to, like, euthanize Oh, because the they're, they're wired. Yeah, they're wired to be attack animals. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And I forget the solution, but I think, I think the trainer was able to adopt these dogs after this intense training because it wasn't just playing; they were like full on. They were they were attacking I mean, the stuntmen. Yeah, and how crazy was it? Like after this, this guy had been shot in the head. The dog is still tugging at his arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or or crotch. <laughs> it's dick. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, uh, yeah. A lot, a lot of dick biting. I wouldn't want that dog oh, in so my house. So much dick biting. No, absolutely not. There was like um, a huge pool of blood on his dick. Yeah. That was also the that was a Game of Thrones guy too. Braun from the Blackwater. Yeah. Uh but yeah, he uh <laughs> the well that well that dog that dog was able to survive because of his yeah, body armor. Yeah, because he had like a he like yeah, the body armor. But an attempted um, dog well, murder. Well, in two also we incorporate the almost the absurdity of like the continental and what that services means like having a bulletproof suit vest yeah Mm -hmm. i mean like or a blazer uh like this really tailored thin blazer which is bulletproof yeah Uh, and and body armor sewn into the lining yeah and that stuff's all kind of fun and it's very it's very like neo-noir um oh what's the um like like a sin city sort Mm -hmm. of a sort of style yeah lots of rain Uh, yeah, lots of rain, lots of like colors, lots of like uh, like a Blade Runner esque L A vibe, but it's set in New York, and uh, I mean, yeah, I mean the set pieces were just incredible the entire time. I mean, the best way to enjoy this movie is to be like laughing at the absurdity and like the uh... oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> like that sort of reaction. Yeah, yeah you're, um, it's you're you're there for pure adrenaline nonsensory. Yeah, and it's and it is it is fun when you when you succumb to that and you allow yourself mm-hmm. and you know me I'm way too cynical and it's it's hard for me to turn off my brain but you'll absolutely hate yourself if if you're gonna watch it with that type of mindset so right you know and, and even with that mindset it does kind of get a little I mean towards the two hour mark you're like I don't I can't watch another fight scene it's they, just I mean yeah they could probably the trim them another fifteen minutes or so. Like like the finest the final boss battle, if you will, with like that guy who idolized him. I forget that guy's name. Um, but like Zero. That, that Marsh Zero. Yeah. The by by the time we got to that final fight scene, it did ring a little hollow just because of all the build up and all the amazing scenes we've already seen. The one on one was a little diminished. Yeah. Every every movie he seems to have this this overarching a society that's after him and, and people pulling strings, but also there's just a main villain that he has to fight. And every, almost every time he like common was the one in the second one, you know, and he has to, yeah, like, I think, I think that's what, that's what lowers two for me is that common was not the greatest, not as good. like, but main villain. I actually thought the fight yeah. scene on the subway was, was pretty neat with, with the hand to hand combat. And then he yeah. stabs him and he's like, it's in your aorta. You pull it out. You're dead. You're welcome. So guy's just going to live the remainder of his life with this dagger right. in the middle of his chest. But they, uh, right. they, uh, you know, everyone he, with, with these, he like murders the person and then like leaves the weapon in them for a little while and mm-hmm. like slowly walks away from them. And there's always some sort of line that's like, I'll, I'll see you around. And he's like, yeah, not really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah he's got one line dialogue uh the whole movie um 
the uh, I mean the most cringeworthy movement move uh, moment in three for me was like the slow piercing of the guy's eyeball. I think we already covered that, but that was like where it's like. He's like pressing up, resisting, mm-hmm. but like slowly giving in. It like, and you're like, are they gonna show this? Oh my god! Yeah, and that was slowly, rough. the knife goes into his eye. I mean that, and then the ballet dancer peeling off her toenail. Oh yeah, that was, that was a little bit of the Black Swan. Yeah, yeah, Ugh. yeah, very Black Swan. Uh. I mean, it's just amazing. You see all these this horrific blood and guts and murder, but then someone peeling off her uh, her toenail is the one that kind of gets it. It was also, it's also funny and weird to me that I just finished watching last week, just finished watching Barry. And this reminds me a little bit of a, of an interesting kind of, it's, it, it, he reminds me of Barry a little bit. He just wants out of this life, man. And he can, you yeah, can't, yeah. once you're in, you can't escape the, the life of a h- hired gun, you know? Exactly. I think I think one once Barry premiered, I was like, ah, oh, this kind of reminds me of something, but I wasn't able to place it. And now that you say that, it's like, yeah, yeah, John Wick, the the guy that got out, and then he got dragged back yeah. in. And same same with Barry. Um, you should go take an acting I class do... with Mr. Cousseau. <laughs> Gene Cousineau. Yeah. Right. Maybe maybe we can rem- uh, remember his wife's memory uh, through a really expressive inner monologue. I have a question for you. Yeah. What do you think the legacy of Keanu Reeves will be? Do you think people will remember him more for John Wick, or do you think they'll remember him more for Neo in The Matrix? Uh, Matrix is the better film. It's Oscar-winning. But you got to think, think. like, this is going to go on for years and years and years. Matrix Um, only had one good movie. I know. I I, Honestly, because it's it's more fun, I think I think he'll be just known as John Wick. You know what I mean? I out of the, I mean everything Keanu touches is like classic. Bill and Ted, uh, Point Break. Isn't that weird? Matrix. And he's this. He has this yeah. stigma of this horrible actor, and he's part of these like yeah. huge, adored franchises. I mean, the Utah Give Me Two is probably what people say the most to him when he's out in public. I would imagine. Yeah. Or people say um, I know Kung John- Fu, or I, there's not really a John Lick, yeah. John Wick line yet, but. Uh, I think there is. I think the uh, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back, or uh, or the uh, hey, you have a hard, you have a hard time of retiring. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm working on it. Um, I mean, there there's like one line each movie, which is essentially the same I'm thing. Be- b- based like, on the about- momentum and the critical response from these films, I'm starting to believe that the legacy will be if they if they put a movie on a tombstone, it would be or his in memoriam picture would be John Wick. Well, yeah. Um, if he were to pass away and the Oscars were to do an in memoriam and include Keanu Reeves, you don't think it would be like him as Neo and like? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it just depends on how long these keep going. Yeah. But I mean, John Wick's definitely a fucking badass character. I I just I just don't think the three films have reached the audience that The Matrix did. However, this uh, number three, I think I just read, reached uh, what, one eighty million at the box office, or I mean, it's been crushing. Yeah. Uh, although, okay, I do have to talk to you about the adjudicator in number. Did three. it remind you of ACTF and your acting career? It remind <laughs> no adjudicator. Remind me, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The the person coming to watch your performance. It's um it was a huge huge downside for me. I thought that I thought this actor was was awful. It was such a bad cast. And then and now we also need to talk about the fact that this Asia K Dillon is a non-binary actor who goes by they and is neither identifies as male or female. Okay. I did not know that. Yeah. Um and was K- K- she's he, she, they, they've been in uh, Billions and also Orange is the New Black, uh, both of which playing non-gender-specific characters. Okay. So it's Hollywood's um, woke, man. Hollywood is woke. Yeah. Um, I The problem I have with, and, and I haven't seen Orange is the New Black except for the first season, everyone I've talked to is like, oh, yeah, um, she wasn't very good. Um, or we didn't like that character, and I was like, "This, this was such a distracting 
downside for me in the film and the fact that like okay you're being progressive but the actor is bad like that kind of angers me okay. I mean, I, did yeah i mean just there's not a there's it's a it's always a blend right with these movies where I, I wouldn't say you're you're there for the performances. I, I think that Lawrence Fishburne is a shit ton of fun in these movies. Um yeah. and yeah, they actually like Ian McShane is is really great as the is Winston. He's so badass. Um, what I mean, he can't help but being a great actor. Uh, you know but I mean? there, you know, there's there's a ton of side characters. I even thought Theon was pretty shitty in the first one. Yeah. So Yeah, he's not the greatest. So, you know, I for me, I, I guess because I'm not there really feeling honesty in any of these including keanu reeves that it wasn't as big of a distraction to me but i can see your point where if you're like hey i'm i'm for progressive uh casting but can can we make sure the actors are able to service the part uh i just think that the adjudicator needed to be much more imposing and and believable like who who took this person seriously she had a very like high-pitched voice and did not strike an imposing figure whatsoever. Meanwhile, you got E. McShane and Angelica Houston. Yeah, Angelica on Houston's screen. in there too. Yeah, with this one. And they're just cr- they're crushing it. You know, I mean, like yeah, it's a, like uh, it's it's you know, it's kind of you know, it's a fun sort of side project for them. It, they, they get to be kind of uh, um, uh, what's the term like um, camp yeah. or you know, just car- cartoony. But this woman who's like trying her fucking, or this person who's trying fucking hard to be as serious as possible and being imposing, so did not yeah. work for me it at needs all. To, it does need to be a character that's driving, because it's like really the first representation of the high table that you're getting. And yeah. it's this mysterious yeah, yeah, yeah. group that we keep getting allusions to, but here's kind of a, a rep, like a, a direct representative of them. And you're kind of like, eh, eh. But, I, I, I mean, I don't know, I'm... I'm I'm not as busted up about it as you are. I guess I I don't have as much conviction on the matter. Yeah, I I guess I just hated the character. Um, and also it's like this like this shadowy corporation. It's like yeah, we get the adjudicator and we kind of see like this guru, like the head of the organization, um, who didn't seem to be all that. I mean, did you find it was like too easy for him to reach this guy? And like when, once we got to the head of the table. He wasn't really. Oh, the who the guy in the was. desert. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like. I mean, <laughs> that was a weird scene. It was just a, just an odd scene in general, and I was also like, "How are we in the desert right now?" But. Yeah. <laughs> well, Halle Berry drove him out from Casablanca, and it's like, uh, when you've gone as far as you can go, you're halfway there, mm-hmm. stealing a line from. Uh, and she's spitting his water. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um. He collapses, and then he's found by the his henchman, yeah. the el- the elder. Where like I guess the head of the high table is. What I, there's a lot of stuff believe, that's right? similar to Matrix in terms of this character's journey, because it was all about like getting to the mm. architect of the Matrix and and these yeah, different plot points right. and yeah. Um. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, do you have fun? I mean, was it was it exhausting to watch all three? I of wouldn't these? say it was exhausting. No, they're they're simple enough. They're they're two hours. They move along. You get a lot of you know every if you're just doing one a day, it's I think it's easily streamable. If I had to do like five of these in a row, maybe, but to do two and and, and then the third one today, I, I I thought it was fine. And to be quite honest, I I enjoyed it, and I uh, would give it a recommend. Yeah, yeah, same with me. I mean, like the 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 horseback riding fight with the motorcycles, the 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 spear wielding motorcyclists, and then like the uh, knife throwing sequence where like he's like loading guys up with three knives and they're still coming at him, and he's got to like you know throw an axe at their head. I mean, like that the choreography of that is amazing, and the dog sequence we talked about, um, all all like. Um, the the scene in the continental that's set to like classical music uh it's just like there's so much beautiful imagery and amazing choreography it's it's really groundbreaking amazing stuff and it's also a lot of fun if you can kind of like shut yeah. your a little bit of a throwback it. it's a throwback to stuff you know we we grew up with steven seagal and john claude van damme and yeah you just this <laughs> turn your brain off be action movies and then you know it's it stick in the landing 
yeah, it, it's it's a good lang, it's a good hang, and it, yeah, they they kind of stick the landing, and the fact that they keep ratcheting it up is really impressive. I, I guess this director, he just has like a um, a notebook and just goes around and writes down shit like, oh, it'd be cool if, like this happened, or like you know, it'd be cool to, like see like um you know a, a fight in a stable and like have a horse like kick a guy in the head. <laughs> um, I I I I, I got to put that in a movie. Yeah. So it, it's almost like Mission Impossible, where the films are kind of created around set pieces like these ideas they have for like a helicopter chase sequence and then they kind of build a plot around it um it's got to be the same sort of kind of approach yeah. um yeah i mean i'm i'm in for the john wick franchise uh, more so than i was for uh, fast and furious or whatever else you got out there um so i'm i'm down you know just keep giving to me so the, the next one uh, four is coming out in 2021 yeah they just keep turning them out so just every two years, we'll get a new John Wick, I think. And I'm 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 up for it. Buckle up, buckaroos. Buckle up, buckaroos. Um, all right, so what, what do we want to touch on next? Let's go um, to Seth Rogen. Let's let's switch from action to comedy. Oh yeah, let's yeah. Let's talk yeah. a little long shot with him and Charlize Theron. A long shot. Uh, sh- uh, you know, a little shout out to my neighbor. He lives a block away. Seth Rogen. Do you ever hear his laugh? Uh, <laughs> um no but i you know see him at whole foods every once in a while <laughs> i really like seth rogan man and this yeah, one this movie was guy. directed by jonathan levine who did 50 50 which i know you really liked a lot Love and 50/50. he also did the night before so he's worked with rogan a couple times and it was you know it, girlfriends can be nice huh? you just had a bad one uh, the fifty-fifty line where it's like, God, I wish you were my girlfriend. Yeah. Girlfriends can be nice. You just had a bad one. I bet you'd be a good yeah, one. Yeah, I bet you'd be a good one. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so he's got, you know, he obviously has the a, a nice touch for romantic comedy and in, in having a grounded romantic comedy. I think this one, uh-huh. this one really survives on the strength of it's the char- the charisma of Seth Rogen and the chemistry he has with yes. Charlize Theron. I uh, I think it definitely when it starts to wade into the political battlefield and especially with the Wembley character who was the kind of the Fox News asshole who's actually played by Andy Serkis. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. But yeah, uh, yeah that, that and that character looked a lot like Dan Aykroyd did in Nothing But Trouble. You remember the movie Nothing But Trouble? Uh, I don't. Uh, he, he, I, I was thinking of like Black Sheep. No, minute, he played. But... Well, it's it's Dan Aykroyd plays this like del- disgusting judge with like warped face, <laughs> and uh, it just oh reminded me a little bit about how Andy Serkis looked in that part. But uh, yeah, in general, I thought that uh, Seth Rogen just really he communicates with me. Like he he always plays a character that I identify with or or just he feels very real to me his characters do. Yes. His his Yeah, that's a good point. delivery and his point of view in the world. I always just really like his characters a lot and and I've been a fan of his for a very long time now. And I yeah. thought, you know, I just thought that this movie was a nice date movie. I, I it's not changing the world. Oh, so good. It's not doing anything new, but I I really was laughing a lot at it. How'd you feel? Sup, bruh? Just call me bruh? <laughs> um, I feel like these are what the good comedies are nowadays. Like, like today's Dumb and Dumber or, you know, the the classics. I mean, we've we've got Tag, you know. I mean, Game what, Night. Uh, yeah, I mean, Game Night was good. But, like, I, I feel like the movies that are – you have to have a good movie first, and then you kind of sprinkle in the comedy. Like, the comedy – comma romance not a romantic comedy but comma you know comedy romance i think is the new norm and then when you when you look at what these other guys have done uh with the end of the world or i mean to a lesser extent sausage party or like or you even know, just these, disaster these... artists yeah yeah exactly um and then you know book smarts coming out i mean that looks yeah pretty good. lady I mean, lady is long Bri- shot. Uh, lady uh, what's super bad? And then there's also middle school super bad. Did uh-huh. you see the middle school super? Bad? Yeah, yes. I mean, there was like three variations of super bad in that trailer. It. Give me more super bad. Yeah, it's it's its own little comedy genre now. 
Um, I, I'm in. Actually, I, I find it kind of interesting, and I'm going to botch this because it's been a while, but uh, the trailers all kind of mention stuff that was in the movie. I, I feel like there was like Bruce Springsteen references in multiple films that were in the trailers and then also in the long shot um just you know stuff like that it was and then we had like yeah the the female um super bad and we had like the the, the i never mind i can't remember like the male um uh edge of 17 or whatever you know what do you call it mm-hmm. but anyway it was just like you know I, I all all produced by the same sort of people and just uh, the same kind of filmmakers. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Seth Rogen, I mean, these guys have been putting out, like, the stuff that's funny and good for a while now. I mean, I, I don't know how you felt about, uh, like, Neighbors. I loved whatever, Neighbors. But... I think, you know, and I yeah. think they, he, he knows, and if he, he did an interview, which was pretty great on uh, Armchair Expert with Dak Shepard, but... You know he he was very he's very self aware of his failures uh, the movies that he's had that's failed particularly the interview and you know he he's he's out there and he's just he he really wants to make a movie that he's proud of and that that people really like and he, he's just constantly in search of those things but I I just think he's mm-hmm. such a great voice as a writer and when you really start to learn about him and and how he came up and what he's motivated by as an artist you know it's really a lot of things that I identify with and and I and I see just a lot of Seth Rogen in myself um only he's obviously way more talented and successful but I just I he's somebody that I always feel like I have a connection to and I I just there's there's so many moments in this movie where I, I just think are fucking hilarious <laughs> like when she asks him to strangle yeah. her and spank her ass a little bit and his reaction is just like what like I don't even know if I could fucking operate right now on this um and then or just like him at that party uh in his fucking tracksuit he's wearing that piece of shit tracksuit like for the first half of this movie I just died every time he came in yeah uh, and he I, wore it to like the next day the interview yeah, there's just always like little moments. Well, should, and then, should, I you know, buckle, should I button it up? <laughs> yeah, like I'll zip it all the way up. That's that's nicer, right? Uh, I, I but, yeah, I love this movie. It was like so charming, and it was like such like an, a great date movie, great comedy that wasn't like re- absurd. It also had a great story you could get behind. And Charlize is fucking funny, man. Oh my like, god, when yeah. When she's on Molly and she's got to go execute that yeah. call, like the with the i can't remember what ambassador but it's like fucking hysterical dude what can't this chick do i mean she's in like she's the best you know she she's an action hero she's in drama she she you know did monster um she's the most versatile actress i'll she, say it I, and i might be prisoner of the moment but i just i don't know anyone else that hits these ranges i don't i does. i don't know anyone else that could i mean like like meryl streep's not rocking ass in a fucking atomic blonde movie no you know yeah she she can't kick ass she she can't model for dior and then go no. kick cat <laughs> and then you, you so you got the, this this fucking stunning model who and then also gets down you can't and, even look at her she's so attractive yeah she's so in this movie she's so beautiful and then she gets down and dirty with like dirty uh oh my god what's the mad max fury road like just these badass films and then she does this like romantic comedy and it's it's incredible yeah or even i was blown tully, away or yeah tully or um uh, what's the young adult like mm-hmm. just, just like kind of good just indie movies I'm, just, I'm i'm all about Charlize theron and but... then like, the, the, the sad woman who goes home and like rags on everybody and yeah well that was i think yeah. that was what you're talking about right T- tully anyway we did a case four where i shared a lot of these thoughts so if you guys want check back in the inventory on some of that but did, yeah, did I, you uh, name I her? Think, did you name her most versatile modern actress in the case four? I don't know if I did then. I, I I definitely talked about her versatility, but right now it's I'm I'm feeling a lot of conviction. What were your I top? Like what were your top three on that episode? What were mine? Yeah, I can't even remember. I know Mad Max was one of mine. Yeah, I mean uh, that's just. But that's that's then, less about her. I mean that's an awesome movie, but it's. Yeah. I mean, I um, I don't know. The, w- would this slip in? I guess is my question. Would this one slip in? No. Yeah. No, as, but as it would be point. a shout out. Yeah. All right. For sure. Anyway. Um. Yeah. Had a lot of fun with this one. I mean, this could not recommend it enough if you haven't seen it already. Also, shout out to Ice Cube's son, who's pretty funny in it. Is that Ice Cube's son? Yeah, he was the he was the kid that was in Straight Outta Compton. He played right. Ice Cube in Straight Outta Compton. Right, but, but he, was, he put on some weight for this movie, friend. right? 
Huh? I feel like he was like way bigger in this movie than he was in Straight Outta Compton. That I mean, he looks so familiar I couldn't place it, but yeah, he was great. Yeah, really funny. This is the news. <laughs> Motherfucker, this is the news. <laughs> yeah, that like that third act there's like 20 minutes on on jizz on Seth Rogen's face yeah. and people are going to get to see it. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, yeah I his love name's that. O'Shea Jackson Jr. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Wait, how how did you hear about this? Man, this is well, the news. <laughs> yeah, it's on my fucking right now. He's like, do you think everyone's seen that? <laughs> Dude, what did you think about Odin Kirk as the idiot president that's always watching his own TV show? I I actually love that. It's like, well, do you know about the the countless write-in ballots um, that are cast for? Um, oh my gosh. Um, What's his name? Uh, the guy from the West Wing. Like, like every single oh, Martin Sheen. Yeah, Martin Sheen. Every single year, thousands of people write in Martin Sheen or his character. Well, they, do they write in the character's they, name? They, or ri- they write in the character's name from the West Wing. Like, like I wonder how many people before Kevin Spacey was jerking off on little boys. Yeah, uh, I wonder oh how God. many people wrote in like Frank Underwood and shit like that. Too. I, I bet not a small amount. Um, yeah, but I think it's hilarious. Why, why wait? Why go to a polling station I know. and wait in line and then fucking <laughs> do like a gag ballot? Like I just don't understand. <laughs> Maybe it's like a like a write-in, like a oh, fuck it. <laughs> oh, like those absentee yeah, ballots. Yeah. <laughs> or I just don't. I still don't like to go through the process of like getting one and filling it out and then I sending know. it in to dr- like like who who's laughing to drive to drive all the way downtown or wherever the fuck polling place <laughs> anyway you were saying uh no I, I i don't even remember what i was oh uh bob odenkirk is like yeah well i think i'm gonna get get back into film you know i i've i'm yeah. i'm doing tv and <laughs> i think he played that perfectly you know like just serious enough where yeah it was great mm-hmm. yeah I, uh, overall, overall pretty fun. And it had a nice little message, you know, don't compromise your values Mm -hmm. for the sake of political gain. And it had a nice little green message there, which you can't share that message enough. Uh, Seth Rogen jerking off, Seth Rogen smoking weed, Seth Rogen doing Molly. I was, I was about it. Oh, another really funny scene was when he was going through customs and he had to, he had to justify everything coming out of his pockets yeah yeah this i need for this and that uh, also also medicinal (laughs) yeah medicinal cocaine (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) cocaine. um i also i mean how do you think trey parker matt stone were watching this kind of steamed that they had stole the uh, first gentleman joke out from under their feet yeah yeah the first gentleman's yeah But, but i think that was okay i love seeing him i mean uh, they they play that yeah, the, really well. The post the the painting was pretty funny. Yeah, hilarious. And I, I think that's what they wanted to do so bad, but then fucking Trump won, so they couldn't do it. Yeah, this is also a take just on romantic comedies because you know Charlize is the person in power. She's the person that for the most part has her life together, and he's this, you know, he's the romantic support to that, and it's kind of like. Oh, ladies yeah. mm-hmm. ladies have power this you know she's the one that has her life together and, and has the career and he's this person that needs saving i guess and so it's this ro- role reversal for romantic comedies do you know that Charlize Theron was uh, born and raised in south africa yeah i did not know that so you're looking up her yeah, imdb right now i'm just staring at this photo i'm just amazed <laughs> i can't right, look away put your dick back in your pants let's finish this podcast all right, yeah all right, all, right, back, back. all right so just to finish it up i mean i i, I give long shot an a i'd give uh john wick three a b b plus okay. uh, just, you know a solid weekend at the movies uh yeah. memorial day had a lot to offer um unless you went to see aladdin <laughs> which i did <laughs> but um uh just to re- recap briefly uh you set a task to me to get back into marvelous mrs Maisel, which i did i polished up two seasons of it in a couple in about nice. a week um and yeah I, I i actually i thank you for getting me back on the stick and uh the first three episodes were a, li- a bit too sing-songy a bit too cartoon jewish you know homemaker in the 50s um but once we got into the act building, um, I was really, really into that. And um, me and you talked about how kind of like the stuff with her husband kind of 
detracted from the arc of her career, which is more interesting. And um, and then the stuff where they go away to camp in season two uh, was, mm-hmm. was kind of a long diversion, which uh, I don't know if, if it served enough of a purpose to warrant four or the three The only thing episodes. that I enjoyed about the camp was Abe waking up with his romper. Yeah. How Adam, he's like, I think I should just show you the romper. But yeah, yeah the, the calisthenics out on the pier with the romper. The calisthenics in the romper, um, which uh, you can relate. You, you, you've, you've had to don a romper. I did wear a, a nude bodysuit romper for the <laughs> Roma romper bet. So, yeah. Uh, <coughs> I should have borrowed it from you. And uh, reenacted that scene and done, done, done <laughs> on the actual set next to all that dog shit. Yeah. Um, but no, it's a great series. I'm actually excited to see where they go with it now that she's accepted the big break offer to go on tour. And so, is, is this the last we see of the Shazam guy? Is that what we're to believe? Is is he like done? She's. I yeah, I think he's out, and she's she's on tour. I think the whole next season is going to be her touring with that musician. Yeah. Um, Which I I just I really like the the act the art of building an act and, and learning how to fail and and working a room and in mm-hmm. the development and I, I like how her act is spontaneous too because there's all these cookie cutter same six minute turds and Lo- love the spontaneity. If you've ever done that, yeah, I love the spontaneity of her act and it actually makes it easier to believe that she is like a genius performer. Like that is the the riffing on like the 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 telephone or the uh what, what's it called uh the, the call-in fundraiser show i mean that was yeah. like, brilliant telethon telethon thank you um mm-hmm. i mean that just it it and it's really funny you're you're laughing at this scripted stand-up which is really hard to do um so, yeah i mean i, I got to applaud the, the writing. actual writing of the joke and then to have it be topical for that time period yeah and, and then also just the material be funny in the circumstance of to make a scene. modern audience laugh at like topical humor from the 50s i mean that's like really hard to balance both of those to make it believable and also funny for a modern audience yeah and that rachel brosnahan girl is she the the girl who plays midge yeah. is she's won multiple emmys and golden globes at this point but i think completely well deserved well you know she was actually on house of cards i didn't know that she was the she was doug's girlfriend who he was like keeping held up in a in a house or whatever that was her oh no way she was like a hired prostitute to kill the senator in the second season that's right yeah Oh, that's the same chick. But he, She's really talented. He wasn't the girl he got pregnant, and he was like hiding, right? Or never mind. Um, no, yeah. Anyway, but um, the only downside, I kind of got a little bored with Alex Borstein's, like this terrible manager that like is so out of her depth, and she. I, I don't. The management isn't up to the level of the star. I know the star is new. The management is new, but I, I didn't... There wasn't enough redeeming moments where, like, yeah, she's a good friend, but, like, she didn't come through enough. Like, e- even when she tried to stand up for Midge uh, to get her money back, it actually... Uh, her husband had to come and get the money, and... Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I just... I, I didn't see her worth. Well, you know, there's a few nice moments when they turn off the spotlight and she's like, hey, what the fuck? And she goes and she, like, works the spot by herself. And, yeah, I, I like yeah, that. You know, she's she she gets the car. She's got to, like, leverage her sister-in-law for that to steal the mother's car. And there's there's some nice moments. I think, in general, I, I think she's going to start to take off. That character is going to start to take off in the next few seasons. But... Yeah, there's just so there's only so much story that can go around in these seasons, and you got to got to give Abe some time. They brought the brother in, the brother in uh, the CIA, the fucking yeah. CIA, and it was just there was a lot happening, and then the fucking son, and then his parents, and so you know, yeah, Shaloub killing it. Yeah, dude, guy is an all timer. He's just <laughs> whatever he does, he, he he touches, he wins fucking Tonys, and then he turns around and is in the best television show of the year, and it's just like. I love that for character. You, yeah, he's so funny. Cool. Oh, well, cool, thanks man. for thanks for getting on the getting back on the horse. I went and for ten bucks bought uh, fractured but whole, so I'm I'm chipping <laughs> oh, away yeah. here. Oh yeah, yeah. How's the game going? 
Uh, very fun. I, I'm not a big gamer, so I haven't spent a ton of time on it. I haven't even got to Wine Drunk Randy. Oh that gives God. you a reference, but... You know, I just I love that my character keeps uh, keeps being haunted by his dad fucking his mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get to see that scene multiple multiple times. <laughs> keeps coming back. Did you, you play the dad. stick of truth? Fuck your mom, huh? Did you see the stick of truth at all, or do you play? The I have stick not of played truth? stick of truth. No. All right, but well, I mean, so how are you doing with like the whole mechanics of like a role player based? Uh, I mean, I like it. Yeah. You know, and I'm out here trying to get my selfies and uh-huh. you know getting tacos from morgan freeman and i'm just enjoying the story i really i I don't like the fighting i could i know if i could just wander around and not have to fight anybody i would be completely fine um so have you yet solved who keyed randy's car uh no i have not (laughs) (laughs) have i told you whoa you did yeah i know that it's i know it's actually randy who keys his own car and then has to complain to Sharon about I'm sure. He's up there buffing his car yeah, every day. Every single day. Oh my god, that's so great. Uh, I just fought these priests with anal beads and oh, you know, it's yeah, just a yeah. fucking nightmare. But anyway. Uh that the strip club's kind of kind of a fun uh, fight sequence where you, you gotta go up against like uh uh, Nut Gobbler. Uh, she makes Oh, Nut Gobbler and Classy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Classy! With the J hangs on oh, What the fuck that yeah. thing is? <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, well yeah. Th- three solid um, film and TV outings and a, a little uh, South Park video game well, Yeah, match. Gamer Corner. Yeah. Queer. Well, I uh, I appreciate you getting running back from Mexico City to to do a pod with us, and you know, hope you that your colon's nice and clean now. Oh, so cl- there's nothing in there anymore. There's it's good, totally good, clean. Good. And uh, for our listeners, you guys are already here. You're already listening. Fucking click the subscribe button. Click the like button. Definitely follow us. Uh, you'll enter an opportunity to have Hayes send you a picture of his penis. <laughs> so. Wait, what? Yeah. Yep. There you go. Thanks, guys, for listening. All right, bye. Expect that picture soon. Bye. I'll bring you back to life just to kill you after Two million on my head, I ain't break a sweat Seven million on my head, but look who winds up dead Fourteen million made civilian, I probably should've fled All I want is to retire, but I ain't done yet Two million on my head, I ain't break a sweat Seven million on my head, but look who winds up dead Fourteen million made civilian, I probably should've fled All I want is to retire, but I ain't done yet I settled my score, but now you want more Santino, I know that I owe you big from before But please don't pull me back in You know I'm retiring, but then you slide me the mark So who am I killing? Assassinations, what a vacation I guess I deserve this, I try not to nation The mark is assisted, Gianna's impatient Enter online via on application But still I gotta pull a bullet in a full of mark affirmation Now I need to be the stampede And get the hell enough to stay